Hey guys, thanks for joining us on Real Faith Radio, presented by Praise Chapel Las Vegas. Subscribe to us on Apple and Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, and Spotify to get notified when new episodes are available to download or stream. You can also follow us on social media at PC Las Vegas and visit our website, PraiseChapelLasVegas.com, to find out more about us and give online. Thanks again for joining and enjoy today's message. He's serious or not? <laughs> We're just gonna stay right here then. <laughs> I want to be obedient to my pastor. He can tell me to wait. Well, let's just pray. Pray. We'll, we'll pray while we wait. Father, we thank you, Lord, for this evening, God, for us being able to gather before you, Lord. Holy Spirit, we just ask that you just fall upon us, Lord. Let our ears be open, our hearts be open, and ready to receive your word, Lord. We pray, God, that we decrease god and that you increase lord in this word father i pray god that every word would be inspired by you god that i would say only what you want me to say god and none of what i want to say in jesus name amen that's it amen um okay that's my son back there um let's just open up really quick john chapter three Uh, i'm going to be reading uh very quickly in 27 to 30 so um, while you get there John answered and said a man can receive nothing unless it has been given to him from heaven you yourselves bear witness that I said I am not the Christ but I have been sent before him he who has the bride is the bridegroom but the friend of the bridegroom who stands and hears him rejoices greatly because of the bridegroom's voice therefore this joy of mine is fulfilled he must increase but i must decrease so if you understand this story john the baptist was out he was preaching the word he was making way for jesus and his followers began to get a little jealous when they started to hear that Jesus' following was gaining more traction. And they, they confronted John about, about this. Um, and, and John was very clear that I did what I was supposed to do, and now I must decrease so that he can increase. He understood um, his place. He understood his calling. So Tonight, we're going to talk a little bit about commitment. <laughs> talk a little bit about commitment, a lot about commitment. Um, it's so funny, uh, Sister Sister Bloom, we were um, in the Deborah's Warriors, and very quickly, you know, when she asked, what are you declaring over the body? It was very clear to me what I have been declaring over the body, so I shared it, that I was declaring over the body for a greater commitment this year, um, a greater commitment for those who have been waiting on him, a greater commitment for those who have, I mean, we can talk about the numbers, we can talk about how there's lots of empty seats in this room, we can talk about how there's lots of empty, uh, you know, people not showing up to ministries, to prayer, to all of these other things, um, but it all boils down to just asking for a greater commitment 
Um, and so my, my declaration over the body this year is that those that are believers would have a greater commitment around the world, a greater commitment to connecting with the body, a greater commitment to spending time with the Lord, a greater commitment to biblical literacy, to obedience, and really to doing what God has asked us, you and I, to walk into, um, and I believe, this is what I was sharing, I believe that there has been a lot of fear and anxiety and shame, um, as well as some sin partnerships that we have been, uh, you know, participating in that has really kept us in the waiting room. And Pastor Maria brought something up that I thought was really, because I had mentioned that, I had mentioned I, I just see uh, prophetically a lot of us in the waiting room. And, and she had mentioned, she's like, well, you know, that's the thing is people call, you know, the physician, the nurse's assistant, they call their name. But if we're distracted, if we're, if we're preoccupied, we're not hearing our name being called, right? We're, we're distracted in those things. So the, our names are being called and it's time for us to walk into the room now and get the checkup and get the surgery and begin to walk into what the Lord has for us. So we need to put away and put aside um, those distractions. So uh, when I was asking the Lord <laughs> what what I need to to you know minister on tonight, I wasn't getting anything. And I was even I was telling Pastor Des, I was like, I don't know, man. He's not telling me anything. And and then. Literally a couple days ago, I was just praying, and the Lord's like, I already told you, uh, you know, <laughs> and so I was like, okay, let's, you know, all right, I'm going to minister on what I believe the, uh, a piece of a prophetic word for the house is, is that we need a greater commitment to him. Um, so I want to talk a little bit about that, because I think it's very important, uh, or teach a little bit about it. Um, commitment, uh, when I when I Googled. Uh, the Webster's Dictionary, uh, what commitment meant. It means an agreement or pledge to do something in the future or the state or an instance of being obligated or emotionally compelled. And I thought that was so right on for how we feel commitment is because we will say, I'm committed to waking up at 6 a.m. to pray. And then we we don't do it, and we're like, well, I'm still committed, you know, like, <laughs> I'm still committed to doing it, but we're, we don't fulfill it, because I, I, I mean, I love that, if you, even if you Google it yourself right here, it's, it says that, pledge to do something in the future, and it's like, okay, it's not an action, it's really just a pledge. Um, now, the problem with that understanding is that it's not actually the biblical understanding of commitment. And that's really what I want to talk a little bit about. The, the biblical understanding, the definition of commitment is galal in the Hebrew, which actually means to roll over. Very different than to make a pledge, right? <laughs> Very different because, you know, we look, we make these New Year's resolutions and we're like, these are commitments and I'm doing them. But really what, what, what the Bible says a commitment is, is to roll over literally and figuratively, both. So when I was thinking about that, I was thinking about like bowling, if anybody's good at bowling, right? When you make a commitment to the Lord, you go bowling and every pin that's up goes down and your pins are any other prior commitments, any other prior things that you were focused on or things that you um, have been, you know, uh, those previous desires and motives, those go down because now when you commit yourself to the Lord, you strike out. And any pin that's up is not commitment. 
And so we have to understand that because the world is really tired of, of us Christians. And I say us very loosely, us as like an, an, a body, right? Uh, of one foot in, one foot out. Really, the gospel changes depending on what church you go to, and we've really got to stop it. We've really got to focus on on reading the, and reading and studying and preaching the word of God because the world is not going to fill the seats if we step in and we step out, and we're we have some pins up and some pins out. So we need to be re, we need to rededicate ourselves to go bowling and to strike out. That means there's nothing left behind. Any pin is sin. <laughs> pin is sin. There you go. Any pin is sin. There you go. I like that. Right? And so when you grasp this understanding of commitment with the Lord, it it, it rolls over everything from the world. Um, I was talking to my sister on the way here, and we were talking about that any, any, any Jesus that you follow that doesn't change you isn't Jesus. Because it's impossible to be in a room with Jesus and to not be transformed and renewed and restored. Every person who encountered him was healed. Not just physically, but mentally. They were empowered. They were filled up by his spirit. So when we're walking in day in and day out, and let's say if you've ever made a comment like I'm walking, you know, I go to church and it's the same and I leave and it's the same, then I'm going to challenge you like that you're the problem because you're not getting in his presence. I'm gonna challenge you that you have too many pins up and that you're not committed. I'm gonna challenge you to really think outside the box, to think, well, do I need to rededicate my life to the Lord then? Because I'm leaving and I'm going to church and it's the same thing when I'm leaving and my attitude hasn't changed and my circumstance hasn't changed, then I wanna challenge you to really look at the Jesus that you're following. Because the Jesus that I know changed my whole life. And many of us in here, right? That's our testimony that the Jesus that we encountered changed everything. He's the reason why many of us are here today. And so I want to challenge you with that. Um, Amen. Okay. (laughs) All right, I'm going to skip all of that. So I want to talk about today three things that we, that I believe um, literally and prophetically, <laughs> that we need to have a greater commitment to this year. Water. Water. We should have a greater commitment to water. Um, number one, I, I, I think it's right on. We've got to spend more time with God in prayer. And I cannot tell you how many years of um, serving, how many years of discipling, how many years of, of teaching, and I sit down with people, and they're like, I just don't have the time. I can't find the time, or I made the commitment, but I mean, I just, I, I didn't follow through with it, or I, I don't know where, I don't know how, I don't know, you know, uh, whatever, whatever excuse, I, I've heard them all. I've made them all. <laughs> Amen. I've heard them all. I've made them all. I've walked in them all. And really, we, we've got to have a, a commitment to the Lord that, it, and an attitude that we can't afford not to. We can't afford not to spend time with him every day. It, it has to be a not non-negotiable. Like I don't know if anybody negotiates with themselves on whether or not to eat every day. 
but or to go to sleep or or to you know get up or to, to to lay down it's like I don't negotiate with myself to sleep my body just like I'm tired I'm going to sleep I'm hungry I want to eat and so we have to stop negotiating with something that's so crucial it is, it is nutrients for our spirit man and we have to feed it and we have to feed it with time with the Lord and we have to follow the example of Jesus to connect with God this is so important and not just corporately either, right? We have to do this daily, every day, um, all the time if you can. <laughs> um, I, I will even say one of the things that come up in my conversations with people is that they're saying, I'm not hearing from the Lord, or I don't know what he wants me to do. And really, when we start to peel back the layers of it, I'm like, you know, I ask, well, are you praying? Are you reading? And it's like, well, I, you know, I'm, I'm trying. <laughs> I'm trying, like, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. And it's like, well, you're not hearing because you're not listening. If I don't pick up the phone, I'm not hearing somebody. I have to pick up the phone. I have to be engaged. I have to, I have, to have this conversation. And and I want to go on a small, small tangent in this, because I think prayer is so important. Um, there's three <laughs> very kind of dangerous prayer approaches that I, I, I feel over my time in ministry that I've seen. And one of them is the never-ending monologue. And so I'm going to do a little, a little mini skit. I was feeling really skitty when I put this together. <laughs> I was feeling really skitty. So I need, I need to volunteer. Just, just one. Anybody. Anna, you Ray, you want to come up? Come on. Okay. All right. We're just going to sit. Okay. You sit on that side. I sit on this side. All right. We're fellowshipping, Ray and I. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I didn't think this through. Okay. So, Ray, you're going to be God. Little God. Little G. <laughs> be big God, but little G. <laughs> okay. And so I'm entering my prayer time. Right? So, Lord, forgive me for anything that's going to say out of my mouth because I'm, you know, ad, ad libbing. <laughs> I'm off the books. <laughs> oh, like, man, Lord, thank you so much for all the blessings. Like, you've been so good to me. You know, uh, I just, I really need your help. I'm really struggling. I'm struggling. You know my finances, Lord. You know what I got going on. You know the family, the wife, the husband, the kids. Like, I don't know, Lord. You need to come through. Like, you know, I, and that, the, my coworker, ridiculous. The coworker is just like, oh, and she gets on my nerves. Like, you know, you were there, right? So, like, you get it. And I just need you to come through, God. I really need, I need the healing. I need the blessing. Cool. Thanks, God, man, you're so good. No, 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 stay, stay, stay. And then we just leave. That's it. Never-ending monologue. I, I walk away before I even give the Lord a chance to tell me what he thinks about it. And this is a big, dangerous thing that we do. And we pray, even, I even encourage you during worship, just shh, get the spirit of shh for a minute. And just shh. Open your ears, listen to what the Lord wants to say and to do in your life. We can't continue a prayer with a never-ending monologue. There has to be moments where you hear Jesus, the Lord is, is a person. He wants to speak into our lives. We have to give him a second to do that. The second one, oh, I like this one. Hold on. <laughs> I like this one. 
Okay, I need you to do me a favor. I need, <laughs> this one's going to require a little bit of exercise, but it's going to get you involved, okay? Every time I say, God, I want you to stand up, okay? This is me going, this is what I call the popcorn prayer, okay? Oh, man, God, you are so good. Man, God, can you just, oh, this, oh, my. Lord, I need you to bless me, God. I don't know how long I should torture him. Hold on. <laughs> Man, God, I need you to come through. Okay, I'll stop torturing you. You can, you can go. On. But do you see this is exhausting? We can't popcorn God into the aspects of our life that we want him to minister into. And I'm not saying not to pray without ceasing because the Bible says that. The Bible says pray without ceasing. Call on the Lord all day and all night. But we can't popcorn him in when it's convenient. We have to have time to talk. Did you get a, were you able to tell me anything? Were you able to speak to me? No, because every time you, I started walking away. Prayer is a dialogue, not a monologue. It has to be an intimate moment. We need to be encouraged to be rededicated with intimacy with the Lord. To have time, time enough for you to get whatever you got to say out, even though he already knows. I think that's why the Lord put that in the Bible. The Lord already knows what you need. He wants, he wants to tell you some things. The Lord already knows. He, pre, he prefaces that. The Lord already knows what's on your heart. When you know that he knows, you can cut out a lot of the fat. <laughs> Lord, you know. I want to hear what you have to say about this situation now. I want to seek wisdom for you and counsel from you. And I want to know direction from you. And I don't want to popcorn you in my life. And the last one, I need some water for that one because I'm tired watching him get up and down. Woo! I didn't think I was going to make it back up, guys. <laughs> the Lord is good. Um, the third one is, is the what? <laughs> it's the what prayer. I mean, how many confirmations do you really need? You know what I mean? Like, come on. How many times, and we talked about this the last time I ministered about walking in the prophetic. How many times do you really need for somebody or for the Lord to tell you to do this? I mean, we, hundred times, ten times, one time. Listen, the, 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 the Lord speaks through many different avenues, but he speaks even, especially through his word. These are not just words on a paper. This is life within us. And he speaks and he gives life with every single word. How many times does he have to call your name before you get it? We need to be rededicated and recommitted to what he already told us to do. And I feel that way, and I was sharing that with Sister Bloom when we were in the class. I feel that the Lord has already did it. <laughs> we don't even need to, to seek him for what, just how. He's already put the, the giftings, the, the, the ministries, the, all of that in, in your hearts already, everybody who's here. He's already told you, how many times do you need confirmation to be committed to that, right? The doctor is calling. You know, when the doctor really calls you, you're like, hello, I've been waiting in the waiting room for hours. Now the doctor's waiting on you, yeah? 
So it's important for us to spend time with God. His word will redefine you. His word will define you. And you can't afford not to. Okay? Number, okay, so number one, committed to spending time with the Lord in prayer. Right? Intimate times of prayer. And that doesn't mean you got to wake up at 4 a.m. Because <laughs> I know that's like the thing everybody puts on their motivational board. 4 a.m. to 6 a.m. But that's great. I'm with it. Do it. I encourage you. Um, but if you're at 8 to 9, that's cool too. You just get it. Just, just make time with the Lord. You cannot flourish and cultivate a friendship with someone who you don't communicate with. Friendship is work. Friendship takes sacrifice from both parties. Friendship is a cultivation process. I water your lawn, you water mine, and Jesus desires to have that with us. Amen? Number two. Last part's going to go quick. Two, 20 minutes to two hours. Um, we need to be committed to biblical literacy. We have got to be committed to not just reading the word, but having a full understanding of the word um, and standing on that word. Um, I think, like I said, it, the, the, the gospel seems to change depending on who you talk to. And really, the gospel is the same. <laughs> the gospel is the same, and our interpretation of it is, is either not correct, it's worldly, or it's through a different lens. Uh, but we really have to be committed to understanding what the word of God says for us to do and how we should live our lives. Um, throw some, wrote some, wrote some scripts down. Um, first Kings eight sixty one says, and may your hearts be fully committed to the Lord to live by his decrees and obey his commands. Um, Deuteronomy 27, 10 says, obey the Lord, your God and follow his commands and decrees. Proverbs 16, 3, commit to the Lord, whatever you do, and he will establish your plans. So the Lord is very clear about the type of commitment that he needs to. And we need to be committed to that. We live in a generation where there's information at our fingertips. Yet I feel there's a great level of ignorance in the church. And we're not memorizing scripture. And we're not growing and we're not developing in biblical literacy. Some of you maybe haven't even opened your Bible this week. I'm assuming it's not you. I'm assuming it's the other Wednesday, Wednesday crowd because the Wednesday crowd is serious. So I'm assuming it's <laughs> other crowds, right? But some Christians, Christians, right? Don't even open their Bible. And, and the interesting thing about, right, Christians is that they were called Christians because they were followers of Christ. They didn't call themselves Christians. People called them Christians because they saw a life that was changed. And the word of God is what can change our life. Pastor was talking about how we the, the devil has beat us up too much. And that's because he's the only one with a sword. <laughs> he has the word. He has the word and he twists it. And he devices it. And you can't fight him back because you don't actually have your sword. You're trying to, to bring a pocket knife to a sword fight and you're losing every single time. We're losing every single time. 
You know, part of my role here in this church is to is to develop spiritual leaders and warriors and build people in the armor of God. And I can't tell you how upsetting it is to give somebody their armor and then to watch them walk away from it. It's so upsetting to have somebody and you're like, I know the word, I know the word. And they trade the, that, you know, all, some of you guys have that useless pocket knife in your it doesn't, you never use it. You can't kill anybody with it. But some, for some reason you think, one day I'm gonna need this corkscrew little weird thing. It's like, you don't need it, put it away. What you need is your sword. And so the enemy is winning because he knows the word, so he knows how to distract you and deceive you, but because you don't even know the word, you're just getting cut up and, and you're, you're, you're bleeding. And we need to be committed to learning and studying and memorizing scripture. We cannot afford not to. There are things that sound so great. And, and I was having a, con this is a side conversation, I guess. But I was having a conversation with somebody a while ago. And we were talking about her, her son. And, and we were talking about, and she says, well, he, he believes that he doesn't have to go to church and be a Christian. And I said, who told you that? Where did you get that nonsense from? Show me. Show me where you got that from. I saw a couple faces, so I know that I know that my 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 diversion was for some people here. <laughs> but but where did you get that from? Because I can give you a hundred of them that tell you you need to meet, <laughs> that you need to be a part of a church. I can give you a hundred scriptures that tell you that Jesus is the head and that we are the body and you can't be disconnected from the head or the body. I can tell you that the word of God very clearly says that Jesus will always lead you to the body. You cannot be an online, ooh, am I going to get in trouble? Maybe. Go to, get kicked out. You cannot be an online Christian forever. You can't be, you can't be an, uh, 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 and, and that doesn't necessarily mean that you have to be here or there or where, but you need to be connected to the body. I can give you a hundred scriptures that tell you the importance of encouraging, equipping, refining, redefining, being a part of a body in prayer, in healing, in prophetic word. I can give you a hundred of them that tell you that being around the body is beneficial. And you can't tell me one that says that you shouldn't join with, with your family. But it's something that people really believe. And you know why? I went down a deep dive search and I Googled this because I know that people have said this. And so I was telling this person when I was talking, did you correct him? Did you tell him that that's not correct? He believes it. I mean, I mean, he believes it. He'll argue with me about it, that he believes that this is true. And when I ask him to show me, he's like, well, Jesus loves me everywhere and I am the church. Okay. Okay. You are the church. But I can tell you something. A Jesus that doesn't change you is not a Jesus at all. Because Jesus will always, uh, and his Holy Spirit will always lead you to the body. Will always lead you to your calling. Will always lead you to the members. Because you can't be disconnected from the head and the body. But that's a side conversation, I guess.
can talk to me about it later. <laughs> we can debate about it later. I'll give you 300 scriptures. <laughs> we'll have a good time. It'll, I'm always good up for a good debate, so we got this. Um, and, and that's just the truth. The truth is that things like that, they sound really good, and people really believe them. But we've got to get bold enough this year to say, who told you that? <laughs> Where'd you get that nonsense from? Who told you abortion was okay? Who, who said that? Who told you that? That's silly. Who told you that? And there are Christians standing on these, on these very things. There are, there are men and, and women, there are preachers, famous preachers, who are standing on theology that is sending people to hell. And who is telling them, man, you're a wacko. You're a wacko. What you're ministering is, is not the gospel. Who is standing up for that? There was a specific pastor, and I'm gonna, I'm just, I'm feeling hot today. My ears are hot, so I'm just gonna go for it. Cause I wanted to get you guys, this is, this is going on right now. There's a specific pastor a couple months ago who began to minister over the pulpit that, you know, um, what did he say? He said he, he was explaining, I don't know why God created a, a, a man and women. And I don't know why. If I was there, I would have, you can Google it too. You can, I, I would have, you know, made more, more genders and more options. So everybody was welcome. And he's a part of Transformation Church. So he said, you know, all the transgenders are welcome here because trans is a part of the name. And I almost lost my mind because there are people Woo! Get it, pastor! Get it, pastor! Woo! And it's really foolish. Because you, we can love people and not agree with, with the way that they live their lives. We are called to love everybody. To heaven. <laughs> not to hell. We don't have to agree with their lifestyle with anyone's lifestyle, alcoholics, drug addicts, people living in any type of sin. This is not specific to one specific body. This is anyone living in sin. We don't have to agree to that. We have to love them. But we've somehow made this line a little too, am I stepping on too many toes? Am I? <laughs> kick me off if I am. Uh, <laughs> kick me off. Um, what we have to love them with the word of God that says that God has more for you than that. You don't have to sleep around with all these men. You don't have to sleep around with all these women. You don't have to drink every night not to feel your pain. You don't have to go to drugs and partying and relationships to numb what the Lord has called to heal. God has come to heal you and fill you and restore you. And I've got something better for you than that because the Lord changed my life. Where, where are the believers out there that are saying that? that are saying, you don't have to live this way. God changed my life and he can change yours. And he can replace those heart holes and he can fill you up. This is this word is the, is the living and breathing word and you can't afford to chop it up into pieces and play word puzzle with it. The word is perfect. And it needs to be ministered out to the people. And it needs to be ministered right here in our hearts. And we need to be committed to standing on the word 
affirming it in our lives, putting on our belt of truth and putting on our breastplate of righteousness, aligning our life to the perfection that is already written, which is his word. Proverbs 7, 2 says, keep my commandments and live, keeping my teaching as the apple of your eye. How beautiful, right? We use that saying that you're the apple of my eye. This is how the Lord feels about his word. Keeping my teaching, now that's the good stuff. The Lord is saying that the, his word is the apple of his eye. And that's the good stuff. And we have to look at it like that. Like this is the good stuff. This is where I get restored. This is where I get renewed. This is where the Lord comes and he fills me up and he gives me direction and freedom and hope. This is the good stuff right here. Psalms 1, um, 1 through 3. I'm just going to go there because I didn't write it down, but I know it's good. I know where it's at, guys. My hands are cold <laughs> as I'm taking too long. Ah. Uh, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of the sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And his law he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf shall not wither, and whatever he does prospers. There is a difference between the righteous and the unrighteous. And that's biblical literacy. <laughs> that's understanding the word of God. That's meditating on his word day in and day out. You won't be so confused. You won't be so confused if you read his word. Colossians 3.16 says, Let the word of Christ dwell in us richly. Deuteronomy 6.4 tells us to bind the law on our foreheads to teach it, to run with it. Roll away your dull armor, get rid of the pocket knife, and pick up the sword. You can't afford not to. And the last thing, so you guys, number one, we're on board, we got it. What's the first thing? Man, you guys already forgot. Oh, Lord, spending time with the Lord. Oh, it's going to be a rough year. <laughs> spending time with the Lord. Right? Spend time with the Lord in prayer. Number two. Biblical literacy. You guys are alive. Thank you. I'm going to pretend you guys said it. And number three. <laughs> oh, obedience. <laughs> Listening should be number three for you guys, but we'll go with we'll go with obedience, okay? Obedience, right? And I'll 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 just really leave with I mean anything that's not obedience is sin. It's really simple. It's really simple. Anything a delayed obedience is sin. That's it. It's very simple. Anything that's not what the Lord told you to do is sin. And so we need to be committed to doing what the Lord asks us to ask asks us to do, tells us to do, mandates us to do. 
Most of that is in here, <laughs> right? Most of this is in here. It's in his living word where he's telling us how we should live our lives. And we need to run with it. This needs to be the year that we walk in obedience. No longer do we sit on, with, our, with our hands on our butts, you know, just uh, or, or cotton in our ears. Lord, I didn't hear that. I didn't hear that. The Lord wants to work and he wants to move. We need to have a greater commitment to this city. We need to have a greater commitment to winning the loss. We need to have a greater commitment to sharing our testimony, to sharing the word. We need to have a greater commitment for, for our neighbors in this city. We got to have a greater commitment. And the Lord is setting us up in obedience. He must, uh, we must decrease and he must increase in our lives. There is, it is time now to put away the extra pins, to roll it all away and to let him be the only thing that's standing. And so I just want to leave. I didn't leave any notes for that because I think that's pretty self-explanatory. And if you know, you know, right? If the Lord has told you to do something or you've been sitting on something and the Lord has already given you direction, but fear, anxiety, shame have, have kept you back, then you already know. I'm here to be your 101th confirmation. <laughs> 101th confirmation that the Lord said what he said. You know, it's like the saying now, I said what I said, you know? <laughs> the Lord said what he said, okay? And it's our turn now to rededicate our lives to the Lord. And to do what he said. And we sing this song, I don't want nothing else. I don't want anything else. You are my one thing. Then let him be the one thing. Let him be the one thing then. Stop going to pick up pins after he's already knocked them down. Let him be the one thing. The one thing you seek. The one thing you desire. The one thing that's on your mind. You don't make any moves in your family without him. You don't make any moves in your workplace without him. You don't make any moves in your marriage without him. You don't make any moves in your friendships, in your business dealings, in your church ministries without him. He's involved. He's intertwined in all of these things. Let him be our one thing this year. And so that's all I wanted to just encourage. Uh, I hope that was encouraging <laughs> hope this was a encouraging message sometimes. I love you guys. <laughs> I love you guys. I do. I think, you know, sometimes I'm just me, man. And, and the Lord, the Lord just, I'm just me. That's all I can say. And I love you guys. And I, and I see you guys and the Lord sees you. What I want to see is going to greater places this next year. But you can't not look around and see those who aren't here. You can't look around and not be burdened by those who've been kicked off, those who've lost the fight, those, are, those who are imprisoned. I mean, right now, just look at some seats. Who used to sit there? Begin to pray for them. Another thing we need to be committed to is each other. We need to be committed to each other. The early church broke bread with each other. They weren't scared to open up with one another. Oh, this is so insistent gonna gossip about me and they don't know and they don't they were in it to win it with each other. They had each other's backs. Let's let's be that church this year where we're there for each other. Where if my sister's going through it, I'm going through it. 
Call me anytime. Let's pray together. Our hearts should be hurting for and with each other. And we should be diligent about building relationship with that it doesn't happen overnight. It doesn't happen just because you say, I'm gonna make a commitment to hang out with Anna, you know, and then we never meet up. <laughs> we never are committed to one another. It doesn't happen. It's something that we have to make happen. It's something that we have to commit to, meaning that I'm rolling my ball to Anna and all the pins are gone. It's you and me. That's it. You and me, we're going to get to know each other this year. I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to lean on with you. Whatever you're contending for, I'm contending for. The time during prayer, and I just, that's my last encouragement, and I'm walking away. <laughs> when we're praying up here, there's prayer requests. Make it a point to not move around. Make it a point to not get distracted or check out. Make it a point to hear what is being ministered and to get on your knees and to pray for that need. Because I see it. We check out a little bit. And there's a lot of action going on back here. Sometimes it's my son doing the action. So I'm sorry, right? But sometimes the ushers are like, what do we do? Everyone's back here. Stop it. Stop it. When people are getting a prophetic word, get in it. Don't check out. Get in it. Man, my sister's getting a word. I'm going to contend for that, that she stands strong in that, that he stands strong in that. We got to be there for each other this year. We can't check out on each other. We got to pray. We got to join forces with one another. My business has to be your business. My triumphs have to be your triumphs. My joys are your joys, and my struggles are your struggles. That's being united.